And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV Sports main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. And to start things off, you know, your man, The Voice, likes to laugh and joke and have a good time. But we're starting on a more somber note today as the MMA family has lost two pivotal figures within its ranks. Kid Yamamoto lost his final fight recently. This one was with cancer as the Japanese legend and UFC vet succumbed to cancer at the age of 41. This man fought champions such as Joe Warren and Demetrius Johnson and beat former champion Jeff Curran and current one champion Bibiano Fernandez as well as face other notable fighters like Kyle Uno and Jiu-Jitsu ace Honey Yaya. I haven't taken the time to do this yet but I definitely plan on doing it and I encourage everyone to go to Fight Pass and see what you can find as far as Kid Yamamoto is concerned. This guy, again, was a legend in MMA. Fought in front of 34 million people at one time. I mean, just crazy numbers of people tuning in to see him fight. Uh, So with that kind of following... It definitely, definitely is a blow for the MMA community. Another influential figure that passed recently was Glenn Robinson. He was the visionary and financier of the Black Zillions camp. He passed on Thursday. This was confirmed via MMA Junkie uh, by his former PR rep, Jen Wink. His daughter also posted some things on social media regarding uh, services for Mr. Robinson. The Black Zillions back in 2001 made a big splash in the world of MMA. It was one of the first uh, super camps that was built strictly for that purpose. Now you see different camps such as Uh, The training lab, which is headed by, or I should say, most notable fighter uh, is TJ Dillashaw. Uh, You also have places like Elevation Fight Team, which uh, partner with Muscle Farm. But really, the Black Zillions were one of the first ones to come together for that kind of purpose. That happened back in 2001. Uh, Their heyday was the... Season of Tough, where they took on ATT because a number of the members, the founding members of the Black Zillions, were ATT defectors. Uh, so that was a lot of fun and exposed us to uh, rising stars such as Kamaru Usman uh, and a number of other fighters. Either way it goes, uh, 
Glenn Robinson, who also owned the Yako clothing brand, definitely made his mark on MMA and will be missed. All right, let's move on to some other news. To quote a headline by MMA Mania, Teflon John strikes again. John Jones gets 15 months, just 15, for his second drug test failure in a row. And it's retroactive. So that means he'll be eligible to fight October 28th of this year. There is so much that is in this story. Way too much for me to cover in headlines and hot takes. So I'm doing another round two. This time, I'll be going mano y mano with my man Jay Kells. UFC still has not named a headliner for 230. Dana White said... You can't necessarily see my eyes rolling, but you can hear it. Dana said John definitely will not headline 230. But without a headliner and needing one for such a marquee card, I wouldn't be surprised if he showed up. Um, I even hinted at this on last week when speaking with Jake Hills in Aftermath. But there could be some truth to what Dana said. To find out those things, though, you got to tune in to round two. All right. The biggest star in MMA, definitely today and possibly in history, Conor McGregor made a splash this week. Started things off by releasing his uh, signature Irish whiskey, which he's been talking about for quite some time. Uh, Proper 12, named after the city he grew up in, Crumlin, which is a suburb of Dublin, Ireland. Uh, It's like name number 12 for some reason. I don't know. I'm not familiar with how things work there in the UK, but uh, it is a tip of the hat to Crumlin. To boost sales, Connor said anyone who brought a bottle to the press conference at Radio City Music Hall, which was closed off to the public. But he said, no, it's not. If you bring a bottle, you'll get in. And if you bring two, you will be placed at the head of the uh, line to get in. Well, those things did not happen. But there was a method to McGregor's madness. Of course, he did this the week before this press conference, which, of course, was going to keep his name in the headlines. What we didn't know is that he just signed a new six fight, not eight fights, as Dana said, and had to retract things, but a new six fight deal with the UFC. And every single time that McGregor fights, proper 12 will be advertised that's a part of the package and a part of the deal so the calculating Irishman shows his business savvy once again now at that press conference which I knew was going to be huge oh man I just I just didn't know how big it was gonna be um, 
so much information to cover and just not enough time. But one thing that Conor McGregor sets out to do in every fight is to get under the skin of his opponent. He wants to get in their head and and irritate them. And I think he accomplished that mission with Habib Nurmagomedov. Now, if you know anything about the Eagle, he is a stone-faced, seemingly just unmovable, as far as emotions are concerned, warrior. But he seemed a little more riled up than I've ever seen him in this. I mean, just kind of saying stuff, going back and forth. Normally, he just sits there, no, no, it is this, it is that, and just kind of goes on about his business. But he had a lot to say as far as Conor McGregor is concerned. He, he refers to as a chicken. Um, Conor uh, had a couple bottles of proper 12 on him there and was liquored up and ready to go. Ali Abdelaziz, who is Habib's manager, almost got it. Man, uh, yeah, kind of was really, really fired up with him. Uh, so much so that Dana put Ali out to ensure that nothing would happen. And Habib left soon after Dana told Ali to get on. Um, there was really not a big push for this fight before today, but mission accomplished because this has been the talk of the sports world. Well, that and the Browns winning. Salute to the Browns and to my man, Christian Kirksey. So salute to them for winning their first game in years. Uh, but we're talking about MMA right now. One of the things that kind of did was to talk a lot about the conflict between Chechnya and Dagestan uh, and use that to really kind of poke at Habib. He called Habib's father a coward because of the ties that Habib's camp has with Chechnya. Since the late 90s, there have been factions of Chechnya uh, that have been in conflict with, with Russia. And a number of times when they've gone to do that, they've taken over Dagestan or parts of Dagestan to help with fueling that fight. So off and on again, uh, Dagestan has been under Chechnyan rule all this time, or at least portions of it have been ruled by rebel forces. And you can find all kinds of videos and pictures of Habib and Ramazan uh, Kadyrov, who is the leader of Chechnya, all online. I mean, you just go and put in Kadyrov and Nurmagomedov, and these things will pop up. That and along with some rapper who did not do a show because of some issues uh, between uh, Dagestan and Chechnya. But anyway, like I said, it's out there. It's a lot of it out there. And much of it is due to Ali Abdelaziz. Because Ali has brokered many deals for fighters to get money via seminars and being ambassadors for uh, Kadyrov's Akma MMA. 
So yeah, the same guy that kind of called a terrorist snitch. Ooh. Yeah, that that's who he was referring to when uh kind of was talking about Ali. And Ali has always had rumors and question marks about him being uh international man of mystery and espionage. Uh, so this brings yet another wrinkle to what is projected to be the biggest MMA fight in history. Next up, the old one, two. All right, fight fans. Time to hit you with the old one, two. Kicking things off. Mayweather. That's right. Money Mayweather. He said, I am not going to allow an opportunity to promote myself. Go to waste? No, of course not. So what does he do on the day that the biggest fight in boxing the biggest pay-per-view was taking place but announced that he's coming back again 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 so uh, as ludicrous said uh back again for the first time well it's not the first time it's like the fourth or fifth time that mayweather has unretired but he said he's gonna come back to do it against the foe the foil the dance partner that brought him the biggest payday ever, which was Manny Pacquiao. There were a number of clips all over the internet where Mayweather and Pacquiao were facing off in Japan at a music festival on last week. One of the biggest hurdles the first time this fight was put together was Pacquiao's manager, Bob Arum. Why? Because Bob Arum used to manage Mayweather and Mayweather, uh, being the shrewd businessman that he was, bought his way out of his contract with Arum and then started making huge money, which of course didn't sit well with Arum because he wasn't able to make that money off of him again. Now, I shared in the old one too recently that when Pacquiao had his last fight that Aram and Top Rank were only handling the TV rights for Manny nothing else but the TV rights and just the US TV rights for that fight which they brokered a deal with ESPN Plus for something that Manny has yet to be paid for as well and he threatened to sue uh, Aram in top rank to receive payment recently. Now, Aram has come out and said, look, I don't want to be in that business. They're going to do great. They're going to do a lot of, of business. They're going to make a lot of money, but I don't want that headache. So if Aram is out and he was the greatest hurdle to the fight getting done, the likelihood of Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Money Mayweather doing it again is pretty high, especially since Manny's doing it himself this time. So he'll be getting a larger cut of the money. Brian Campbell of CBS Boxing reported 
that Pacquiao's promotional deal with Top Rank expired following that July 15th knockout of Lucas Matisse. So again, all the more reason to do it and do it again. Especially seeing as Pacquiao did get his first knockout in like 10 years against Matisse and supposedly is healthy and Floyd is another year older about two years removed approximately or at least by the time they're talking about doing this at least a year if not two removed from his last fight and more and more vulnerable to his O and his aura of invincibility being cracked all right moving on to a much more somber note Sporting News reported that Billy Joe Saunders has apologized for a video which has been described as sickening by the police in which he appears to offer a woman drugs. I've seen the video and yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious what's going on. He keeps telling her, hey, uh, you know, I got a 150 quid of crack that I'll give you to just do all kind of crazy stuff. She slapped this man that was just walking down the street because they told her to do that. Uh, he also said that she needed to do some other things, perform some sexual acts or whatever on a passenger within the vehicle to get it. And they filmed all of this with their phones and put it on social media. Craziness, absolute craziness after she slapped the man and she was talking with him it was like look I'm sorry you know I, I didn't mean it you know I, I I just had to do it and it was obvious that the lady was strung out and would do just about anything in order to get money and or drugs and they, they pulled off they, they drove away after that happened and it, it was just wrong just all together wrong and does not bode well for the WBO middleweight champion of the world. Okay, now, one of the biggest fights for boxing this year in its marquee division, and a fight that I've been looking forward to all year long, is my man, that's right, Nigel Stand Up. 21 and 0, undefeated. Anthony AJ Joshua taking on 34 and 1. Alexander, the Russian Vitaez Pogiekin takes place in the UK. That's right, in London at Wembley Stadium. Likely to be a sold out affair. And it broadcast in the US. On the zone. This will be the first live event broadcast stateside by the upstart over the top sports provider. In his last bout, AJ was playing it safe, trying to preserve a fight that was pending with the bronze bomber Deontay Wilder. That led to the first decision win of his career. AJ said, Look, I'm not fighting with Wilder on my mind this time. I am going out there to fight my fight. I may have to take a couple shots to give him, but I'm looking to get in there and fight like I fight. 
wants to get that KO and get back to those kinds of winning ways versus the Russian. Seeing as every single one of Joshua's fights have been KOs with the exception of that last one. So that's his plan for things. And, you know, Joshua has faced some decent fighters in the past. People like Dominic Brazil and Dylan White. But low-key, this could be the most difficult fight of AJ's career. If he's looking past Alexander for a possible April showdown with the Bronze Bomber, he could find himself looking up the lights. 70% of Povetkin's wins have come by knockout. Povetkin has only one blemish on his record, and that sole loss was to the same person that AJ got his signature victory over, which is Dr. Steelhammer, Vladimir Klitschko. This should be a great test for Joshua. If he wins and does so decisively, it makes a showdown with Wilder that much more intriguing. But if Alexander wins, he picks up the IBF, WBA, and WBO belts, along with the hefty paydays that accompany the gold. And more than likely, taking Joshua's place in a fight with Wilder to unify the titles. Up next, I'm going to talk some Bellator news. Bellator 205 will take place at CenturyLink Arena in the gym state. That's right. Idaho. Boise, Idaho to be exact. And headlining it will be the undefeated 11 victories. AJ, the mercenary McKee. Taking on 21-3 and 2. John Macapa. This is a featherweight fight. Macapa feels that this is going to be the toughest fight of the young McKee's career. On paper, he's got a point. Macapa has twice as many fights as McKee. But when Macapa's faced the top level of competition, yeah, he's come up short. That includes the last two fights that he's had, one against Daniel Weishu and the other one against Pat Curran. Now, Pat Curran was originally scheduled to fight AJ in this card, but injury forced him out, which is why Macapa slid in there. And Macapa's got nine submissions on his record. So McKee may want to keep things standing. But the mercenary has a fairly well-rounded game. And I don't think he'll be intimidated of the fight, regardless of where it takes place. That is the kind of confidence, though, that can cause sloppiness, which could prove Macapa's point as far as this being the biggest fight of the mercenary's career and something that could cause him to falter. The co-main event pits yet another undefeated fighter, Javier Lovato Jr., who's 8-0, versus 15-3, 
John Salter. This will be contested at middleweight. And guess what? It's the Voices Marquee matchup. Why? Because Salter is all kinds of fired up talking. Yeah, just mad, mad head about this fight now. He's not being disrespectful. He told MMA Junkie that he's ready for himself and or Lovato to be carried out of the cage at the end of this fight. And with that kind of determination, yeah, this is a must-see matchup. The last time Lovato was in the cage, he submitted tough alum Gerald Harris, and he looked pretty impressive doing so. He wanted the winner of Carvalho and Musasi, which was scheduled to take place in May, and Lovato's last fight was in April. Now, he didn't get it, but he did get this matchup in a fairly marquee uh, place as far as the card is concerned. A solid win keeps either party in the mix at middleweight. Now, Salter is a UFC vet, and seven of his 15 wins have come by KO. So this is a classic striker versus grappler affair. As I shared last time, Lovato fought. He's got a jiu-jitsu school named after him. Now, granted, it's his father's name, Rafael Lovato Sr., but still, it's got the man's name on it. So this is a classic striker versus grappler affair, and it really harkens back to the genesis of MMA. Whose style will reign supreme? We won't know until the pin drops, the cage door locks, thumbs go up and they start the clock also on this card you have the Bellator women's champion in kickboxing Denise Miss Dynamite Kielholtz taking on 4-2 and two, Veda Ortega Kielholtz is undefeated in the MMA uh, most of her competition in this realm of the fight game has been on par with her skill level. Ortega is yet another fighter that's right there on her level as far as skills are concerned. This fight card kicks off though with 19 and 8. Patricky Pitbull taking on 24 10 and 1, the legend El Matador Roger Huerta. And that fight will take place in the lightweight division all right fight fans stick with me we got two more cards to talk about next one is one championship one championship presents conquest of heroes in jakarta indonesia on Saturday, September 22nd. This is headlined by a strawweight title fight, which pits one's champ 13-1, Yoshitaka Nobita Naito, taking on Joshua the Passion Paschial. And this is a rematch of their 2016 title fight where Nobita won by submission. Now, leading up to this fight, and I should say after that loss, Pacquiao has been on a roll, reeling off three stoppages in 
a row in his last three fights. Naito, on the other hand, yeah, he lost the first professional fight of his career after stopping Pacquiao. And he lost that to Alex Silva via decision. Matchmaker said, hey, that was a good fight. Let's run it back. Immediate rematch where Yoshitaka regained his belt. Now he has to do yet another rematch against Pacquiao. Has Pacquiao made enough changes in his game within this time to overcome the obstacles and the skill set that Nobita presented? Hey, You'll have to watch via the One app to find out. And as a reminder, One's app is not only free, but it also will keep the fight available until their next broadcast. The co-main event for this one has a hometown favorite, Stefford the Lion Rahadian. He'll be taking on 2-3 and three, Ping Zhuan of China again, uh, the lion who's nine and one is a native of Jakarta, Indonesia. And when you have someone that's nine and one taking on someone who's two and three, it looks like the matchmakers are being really, really nice to the Jakarta faithful and hopefully setting up a fight that will send them home with lots to cheer about. Now, both of these fighters are decorated grapplers. But Ping may have the striking advantage, seeing as the wins that he has been able to get have both come by KO. All right, and other one news on the MMA Hour this week. Ryan Hall is being interviewed by Luke Thomas, and in passing, he mentioned that Tough 22 alum Tan Lee, who's 8-2, fights at featherweight, is now a part of one championship. Uh, both Hall and Lee were teammates on season 22 of Tough, and they competed together on yeah that now infamous season where Conor McGregor outed TJ Dillashaw when he came to supposedly help Team Alpha Male founder Uriah Favor. Uh, Conor called him a snake that made Cody mad. Cody jumped up and was ready to fight Conor, uh, but... Since then, yeah, TJ has used that snake saying to his benefit, having snakes and snakeskin patterns on all of his uh, promotional stuff. So T-shirts, geese, whatever is there. So uh, Tom Lee was a part of that season and has done well. It's done well in uh, LFA. Uh, just could not break into the UFC. Well, hey, one is a great landing place for Mr. Lee. All right, up next, we'll talk a little UFC Sao Paulo on the MTMV Sports main card. Fight fans, the UFC is back in Brazil, the birthplace of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is one of the disciplines that MMA has been founded on. They will be in Sao Paulo this go-round, and 
The headlining fight is a very interesting fight because it is a fight of replacements. You've got Brazil's own 18 and 6, Tiago Maheta Santos taking on 11 and 1, Eric, your boy, Anders. Here's what's very interesting about this one, Anders' last fight was in Brazil. It was against Brazilian legend Lyoto the Dragon Machida, who's now in Bellator. This fight will take place at 205 pounds. Both Anders and Santos normally fight at the middleweight limit of 185. Both of them are fill-ins. Glover Teixeira and Jimmy Manoa were supposed to headline this card. When Glover fell out, they say we need another Brazilian. So they tapped Maheta and he was like, yeah, I'll fight there. I'll do it at 205, no problem. Then the poster boy fell out. So when the poster boy fell, falls out, who better to get than your boy? So your boy Eric Anders said, yes, I will fight there. Uh, and his wife is Brazilian. His last fight was in Brazil. He lost. That was the place of uh, his very first loss. And he's looking to get it back. So he said, yeah, I'll take the fight. And we'll do it at 205. And we'll be the main event. And we'll go five rounds if necessary. Now, the reason I stress the if necessary is because 12 of Maheta's wins are by KO. And your boy, yeah, he's got a 63% KO rate. So it might be a replacement fight, but you can expect fireworks in the main event. Co-main event, you got 11-1 Carlos Cemento Petrozelli Jr. Taking on 18-5-1 Alex Cowboy Oliveira. As normal, the UFC likes to put... The world versus Brazil whenever they're in Brazil. Hence, the Italian Petrozelli taking on the Brazilian Cowboy Oliveira. And Cowboy's done well since moving up to 170 pounds. He's only lost one fight. Uh, so this could be uh, very interesting. That third fight up, you got Smiling Sam Alvey coming in at 33 and 10. And undefeated since moving up to the 205 division. He'll be taking on a legend in 22-8. and eight, Little Nog, Antonio Rogerio Nogueira. And this fight does take place in the light heavyweight division. You've got also on this card, former bantamweight champion. 34-4, Henning Barral. Taking on 12 and 4, Andre, Mr. Highlight Yule. This will be contested at Bantamweight. And Barrow, yeah, he's in bad shape as far as his career is concerned. The man hasn't won since September of 2016. He's fighting again at home and taking on someone who's making their UFC debut. Someone who has nearly less than half the fights um, in total 
with Mr. Yule having 16 fights, whereas Morale has got 34 victories. So he's got about twice as many victories as the highlight, or I should say Mr. Highlight, has fights. Uh, so who knows how this is going to go. Uh, hopefully for the Brazilian faithful and Morale, uh, he's able to pick up a victory. Otherwise, Mr. Yule will make a splash in his UFC debut. Now, the Voices Marquee matchup is the Curtain Jerker, which also has someone making their UFC debut, also of Brazilian descent, which is 11-0 undefeated. And Dana White, Tuesday Night Contender Series alumna, Marina Rodriguez, she'll be taking on tough alum, 8-6, and six, Randa, the Quiet Storm Marcos. And this fight will take place at Strawweight. This is the Voices Marquee matchup because you got an undefeated fighter making her UFC debut. Not just making her UFC debut, but coming in off of a KO win on Dana White Tuesday Night Contenders series to punch her ticket to the big show. Now, Rodriguez is taking on a grizzled, hungry vet that desperately needs a win to avoid the first losing streak of her career in Randa Quiet Star Marcos. But Marcos not only needs this to put the stop on a possible losing skid, but she also, and probably more importantly, needs the win for an opportunity to stay in the UFC. As she's been trading wins and losses her entire time in the world leader, or I should say under the banner of the world leader, and has had many, many opportunities to grace the octagon. All right, fight fans, before I give you all the info on how to keep up with MTMV Sports, I just want to say I'm praying for the young lady who was misused by WBO middleweight champ, Billy Joe Saunders. If you've seen the video, even if you haven't seen the video, I think we've all seen people who have been in the firm grip of addiction. And it's not pretty. It's not pretty at all. I hate to see that. And I'm praying that she will be delivered from that and find the only person that can fill the hole that she's looking to fill with drugs and and whatever else, and that's Jesus Christ. Also praying for the families of Kia Yamamoto and Glenn Robinson. Both of these deaths seem to be in fairly uh, tragic form, seeing as Kia Yamamoto just said something about fighting cancer within the past couple weeks. And it's being reported, or I should say it's being rumored, that Mr. Robinson died of a heart attack. So it's not something that either family really was probably looking for. Um, And even if it is something that you are aware of happening, death is never an easy 
subject to broach. So definitely praying for all of those touched by the situations that we've covered here on the MTMV Sports main card today. If you want to keep up with MTMV Sports, formerly Trackstar Sports, where you get the highest quality content from the most informed fans, make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram. First place that podcasts get released through MTMV Sports is on Anchor.fm. If you are an Android user, we encourage you to download Podcast Republic. Once you're there, subscribe to Trackstar Sports. For iOS users, please subscribe via Apple Podcasts. If you want to chop it up with your man, The Voice, make sure that you join the Debate Fuel Facebook group. You get to talk to me and all your other favorite MTNV Sports correspondents about all things sports related. Now, as far as following us on all these different forms of media, which we have a Facebook too. I think that's still under Trackstar Sports, uh, but you can definitely find us out there. I'm telling you, if you did not subscribe for DAZN, you definitely want to follow us this week because your man, The Voice, will be giving you some live updates regarding the Joshua Povetkin fight. You can only catch those updates through our social media site, so make sure that you're following us. And if you want to talk to me directly, I am The Voice on all social media, and that's spelled T-H-A, V as in Victor, O, Y as in Yankee, Z as in Zulu, E as in Echo. Until next time, it's your man, The Voice, host of the MTMV Sports main card, and I'm sounding off.